Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 63 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show for you guys today. Uh, We're going to do a a tribute to Frenchie Cannoli, who who, uh, we lost uh, just this past weekend. Uh, Talk a little news and then get into the cultivation segment, uh, where I'll be talking about the transition period between the vegetative and flowering stages, as well as answering questions from you guys about cultivation and growing. So, Uh, Please stick around. Episode number 63 brought to you by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Rocket Seeds. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome to episode number 63. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. Hey, everybody. Uh, Mike, that's Dan. This is Grow Bud Yourself. Thank you so much for joining us uh, once again. Yes, indeed. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so I don't think we have anything for the number 63. It's pretty uh, obscure. I, I learned, though, that, that apparently it is the number of chromosomes in the offspring of a horse and a donkey. For what that's worth, which is <laughs> so not the, the research went pretty deep. Uh, I learned that uh, Michael Jordan was born in 1963. He was, yes. Which yes. I guess makes him what? That would make him 58 years old. Right. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and Lisa Kudrow's birthday is next week, so she'll be 58. Oh my gosh, we should just move on. Yeah. Welcome to episode 63, guys. Yes, indeed. And uh, I have to do. I have to say, uh, we lost a dear friend. Uh, this past weekend, uh, our our friend Frenchie Cannoli, who we had on the show uh, just recently, uh, May 7th, he was on episode number 52. Uh, and if you're not familiar with him, please go back and listen to that episode. Uh, he uh, had some complications during surgery and passed away. Uh, he was a great man, uh, wonderful ambassador for Hashish, uh, traveling around to so many events that we would see him at uh, every cannabis event, uh, whether it was a, a High Times Cup or uh, MJ Biz or pretty much anywhere where where people gathered, he would be there uh, teaching people how to make temple balls, real home, you know, homemade hash with terroir, uh, which we talk about in that episode. And really just always smiling, always laughing, uh, very engaging, a wonderful ambassador and teacher. Uh, and also just made you very excited about hash in general and the history of it and the art of it and really celebrated the the artisans 
of, of, of many, many thousands of years that have been handing this, this amazing tradition down for generations. And, you know, it, he was a great person uh, to be around and great to uh, learn from and just honestly just to have a meal with. Uh, he really was a, a, a lover of life and, and the joys of uh, great food, great conversation, great hash, and uh, great company. And he was great company. And if you check out uh, on his Instagram, his, uh, his wife has posted an amazing video of him at a High Times Cup in Santa Rosa. Um, early in the day, you know, not a lot of people go to see the musical performers. And we had Arrested Development performing at that event early, you know, three or four in the afternoon. And he's up there right up front, just dancing up a storm uh, all by himself, basically, at the front of the stage. And he knew the words to the songs and he's just dancing uh, and freely just enjoying himself like no one's watching. And really just like that, that encapsulates who he was as a person. And I hope we all find our inner Frenchies and live life so fully because he, uh, he really did. And uh, we'll miss him. But his legacy lives on, his legend lives on, and his teachings live on, which is one of the great things about the internet is you can go to FrenchyCannoli.com and, and, and watch videos of him making hash from beautiful ganja plants and making just incredible hash. And so, yeah, I just want to pay tribute to him and, uh, and say goodbye to my friend, you know, uh, au revoir mon ami. Uh, he, he certainly had the joie de vivre, and he brought uh, a French connoisseurship and aficionadohood to cannabis and hashish that we really need to take into the future. We have to understand that that these plants are special, and that where they grow, uh, how they grow, how they're grown, how those uh, glandular trichome glands are extracted and and pressed together, and then aged for the proper amount to make a product worthy of Frenchies, uh, ooh la la. And uh, if you can take that with you, uh, then his legend will never die. And so uh, goodbye to his uh, earthly spirit, but uh, may his, his legend and joy and everything live on. And uh, I hope you guys have some, some good Moroccan hash or some Nepalese temple balls or, or some Indian uh, Charis or something that you can share, uh, even some blonde Lebanese, <laughs> uh, but something that you can share with friends and, and put a smile on people's faces the way that Frenchie put a smile on ours. So uh, RIP uh, to him and uh, go back and listen to episode 52 if you want to hear the musings of an amazing person. Yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, I'll include a link to 52 in the description of this episode. So if you guys want to go back and listen to that interview, uh, we'll, we'll put that there and we encourage you to do so. It's really interesting. He, he was one of the, uh, the few kind of influential people in cannabis that was really, um, supportive of this, uh, solventless movement, you know, in the vein of Mila, the hash queen of Amsterdam, of course, and Nick T and, and Frenchie. So yes, he'll be dearly missed a great person. We're very fortunate that we were able to have him on the show before he passed. So indeed, indeed. But um, we move on here in episode 63, and uh, we have a substantial cultivation segment to get to. But before we do, we got a, a question from one of our listeners from the Scarlet Spliffster. And he wrote, 
Hey guys, I love the show. Uh, I'm sure you'll cover this, but if you haven't seen it, I'd like to get your thoughts. And then he included a, um, a link to an article that is about a recent study that came out of Denmark, actually, that connects uh, cannabis use with schizophrenia. Now, this is something that, that we would love to have our good friend Dr. Mitch on the show to discuss. He, of course, is a uh, professional. He is a uh, psychology professor at SUNY Albany, and he would be better equipped to take on this topic. Unfortunately, uh, Mitch was unavailable to come on the show. We will have him on in the near future to discuss this. But just to answer the Scarlet Splifster's question, um, maybe in a brief way before we get in depth on it uh, in a future episode, uh, my thoughts are that it is complete bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'll give you guys a little bit more just so you know what we're talking about. The, um, the associate professor who was the author of the study, uh, he's quoted as saying, I think it's highly important... Uh, to use both our study and other studies to highlight and emphasize that cannabis use is not harmless. There is, unfortunately, evidence to suggest that cannabis is increasingly seen as a somewhat harmless substance. This is unfortunate, since we see links with schizophrenia, poorer cognitive function, substance use disorders, etc. And then he goes on to say that Many studies suggest that high-potency cannabis is probably the driver of the association with schizophrenia. So, again, I should probably make it clear that I'm not a, a professor of psychology. I have no background. Well, the majority of my family are psychologists, but I personally have no background in psychology. But I would say that this is utter nonsense. I think that what you see a lot of the time is that people who have mental health issues such as schizophrenia self-medicate with substances like cannabis, like alcohol. It's a way of coping with a disease in their mind that they, they don't understand and they're not seeking proper care for. And the first thing that a lot of people who have these issues do is turn to uh, substances that they could obtain like cannabis. And so what you have are people that are self-reporting with these problems, but they would have schizophrenia anyway. It's, a, it's something that they would just have, but they're also smoking cannabis to cope with it. And so when scientists then tie these two things together and say that there's causation, that cannabis is causing schizophrenia, it really drives me insane. Because there's just, I don't see any evidence that that's the case. And these many studies that, that link higher potency cannabis to causing schizophrenia, they don't exist. There are, sub there are studies that suggest that's a possibility, but, but what this man is saying, I personally believe is nonsense. That's just my two cents. Take it for what it's worth. Dan, I don't know if you want to weigh in. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm sure that there are people who should not smoke cannabis. I know that. I mean, if you are already uh, prone to things like schizophrenia, you, you probably should not smoke cannabis if it's not helping you that's even worse but uh there are far more people using cannabis managing perfectly fine lives uh than anyone really knows and i think if you did this study with alcohol or almost any other substance out there um you would find that you could make that causation exactly but I think, you know, there's also people are, are more and more likely to admit cannabis use as it becomes more and more legal. There's so many factors to this uh, that I think it's it's irresponsible uh, to to say that 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 these things are related. And um, again, you know, 
mental health issues are serious issues and uh, I'm not trying to make any light of any of that that's you know that's a reality that many many people have in their lives and I think that things like the pandemic have made those things worse and exacerbated that so I don't think that uh, and you know this study is very credible I but again I think we should have Dr. Mitch on to really give us uh, a psychologist's uh, perspective on this and someone who really understands how these studies are done and and why they're done and who's funding them and and uh you know what real evidence is and causation uh versus you know actual evidence of uh you know people's mental health being negatively affected for most of the people i meet tell me that cannabis helps them treat minor issues that they have uh with with their mental health so uh, that's that's the way I see it. Like I agree with you. We could have just ended when you just said, called it bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair. But just a couple of things to to include in this conversation. Um, uh, first off, it, it does harken back to this reefer madness notion that we've been dealing with for almost a century now. That cannabis causes drives you crazy. But as Dan t- touched on, believe me. If cannabis caused schizophrenia, we would know it by now. Do you know how many people smoke cannabis? High-potency cannabis? I mean, my goodness, everyone would have schizophrenia. It's absurd to... No, I mean, I agree. That's, you know, I, I, I've I've tried my hardest to, to smoke <laughs> To give yourself lot. schizophrenia. Well, no, not, not for that purpose. But um, certainly uh, don't want to make light of that. But I, I, no. I, I agree that, you know, uh, we have tons of people out here in the world willing to uh, admit to a lifetime of cannabis use and and uh, and it being beneficial so I you know take these studies for what they're worth yeah this particular study used uh, exclusively used uh, people who have been clinically diagnosed with cannabis use disorder so you have to take that into account also I mean the people that have gotten to that point where they're you know, seeking treatment for that. Obviously, there might be other problems at play. I personally don't put any faith in this study to answer your question, Scarlett Spliffster. But as Dan mentioned, we, you know, we don't know necessarily what we're talking about. So take it with a grain of salt. We will have a professional on to to look at this a little more with Dr. Mitch at some point. But I just wanted to get that out there. I apologized if I'm a little passionate about this. But I think you said it best uh, when you called it irresponsible, and that irresponsibility just really offends me on some level, I guess. But there you go. Agreed. So uh, that uh, was that, and uh, things got heated, but we're going to cool it down, and we're going to teach you how to grow with an extra special cultivation segment this week, right? Yes, indeed. Uh, We've got a lot to get to as far as I'm going to be talking about the transitionary period. A lot of people growing outdoors right now. Uh, We'll be going through this process very shortly if it hasn't already begun. It's the transition between vegetative growth and flowering growth. And there's a lot of uh, questions people have about that period of time and when to start feeding and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that's the cultivation thing. And then we've got some questions from you guys, uh, our listeners and and, uh, people that follow our social media and stuff. So, And it's also a very special fortnight as well. So that's great. That's right. So, uh, yeah, why don't we take a break, uh, come back, and get to the grow. (music) 
If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out rocketseeds.com today and get growing. Yes, this is a Fortnite. And yes, this is a Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. What do you yeah. got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. Yes. Love I do it. enjoy hearing that. And uh, for people who may not know, that comes from one of our favorite listeners, Gunja Gonzalez. He put that together for us. But it, of course, signals that it is time for our Strain of the Fortnight. Yes, indeed. And the Strain of the Fortnight this two-week period, which, <laughs> for those that don't know, is a Fortnight, mm-hmm. uh, is Purple Kush Autoflower. Um, these are seeds that are available from Rocket Seeds, one of our sponsors of the show. And you can get 10% off there with Grow Bud Yourself 10 code. Uh, but it's an auto-flowering variation of the Purple Kush. So Purple Kush is a, a popular cannabis strain that's originated in California uh, from Sonoma seeds. And this one is the offspring of Purple Afghani and Hindu Kush, uh, both of which very indica-dominant. So uh, the effects of it are very indica-dominant and very much uh, pain relief, uh, body buzz, uh uh, you know, not much of a head high, very much uh, relaxing. And the THC percentage usually between like 18 to 25%. Uh, so, you know, and for an indica, that's pretty strong and also uh, really good for de-stressing your body. Uh, and this one is autoflowering. So, uh, you know, for people that don't know, that basically means it gets to a certain height and just begins to flower automatically. So you can keep it under 18 hours of light uh, the whole time. Uh, yeah, obviously with a name like Purple Kush, you're going to see a lot of uh, fall coloring. You're going to see a lot of purple, but also red and, and orange and, and basically the fall colors that you see on trees, uh, but with a cannabis plant. Uh, this one is very easy to grow. Uh, it stays very short and bushy. Uh, again, autoflowering, so you can plant it in the spring and, and harvest in the summer, plant in the summer, harvest in the fall. Uh, depending on where you are, the flowering time typically is about eight weeks, uh, which is pretty short uh, for autoflowers even. And, uh, you know, outdoors, you can grow these twice in a season, which is really nice uh, depending on where you live. So, uh, yeah, the Purple Kush autoflower marijuana seeds from Sonoma Seeds available at rocketseeds.com. Remember, you can get 10% off when you check out. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful buds, 
great for making hash and uh, things like insomnia, uh, lack of appetite, nausea, and chronic pain. Um, this is the strain for you. And if you're really suffering from a lot of that, then I would uh, I'd suggest turning this autoflower uh, flower from the Purple Kush into uh, pills, edibles, uh, candies, gummies, concentrates, um, live resin, whatever you need to do uh, to concentrate the power of it, it really will help you with uh, with a lot of those pains and aches and even uh, just the daily travails of life. You know, this is a nice one to to end up on the couch at the end of the day after you've done a bunch of stuff and just uh, puff on and relax and just sort of sink into the couch and uh, be at one with your uh, your desire to crash out. I was wondering where that one was going to end up. <laughs> well done. You brought it Sometimes home. I don't know, you know. Sometimes I just, I start a sentence. Say most of I... the time you don't know. You're just, yeah. <laughs> when you start a sentence, it really could go anywhere. That's true. But yes, yeah, so. I'm, you know, I'm extra high because I'm judging this incredible chem, uh, chem competition, uh, which is the hardest, uh, hardest strain judging I've, <laughs> I've ever had to do uh, in all the cannabis cups and all the different uh, competitions we've ever done. Um, the Kemp comp is, uh, second to none. It's ridiculous. 21 different strains of, of Kem family, uh, and Kem derived, uh, flowers grown by some of the best growers, uh, especially on the East coast, but from all over. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kicking my ass. When, uh, when is this, uh, due? When are you done judging these strains? Uh, the 29th, uh, and then there's an event, uh, that's going down after that. And that'll be the, the award show kind of, uh, to celebrate it. But, uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's hard work and mm -hmm. I, I mean, I love it. It's fun, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough because they're all so good. You got to take judging seriously. These competitions, uh, depend on it. So very good. But yeah, that was our strain of the Fortnite purple Kush auto. So thank you for that. And as our listeners know, uh, each week Dan likes to provide a grow tip that's going to help you become a better cultivator. So what do you want to discuss this week? Yeah, this week I want to talk about the transitional phase between vegetative and flowering growth. Uh, or some people would say from grow to bloom, uh, depending on what bottles you're using of nutrient. But uh, the question is when and how to switch. Now, if you're growing outdoors... It's basically happening right about now. Late July is when the plants begin to transition into uh, their flowering stage because there's less and less sunlight. And as you get into August and September, uh, less and less uh, every night, and the plant will then trigger flowering if it's a regular plant like that or a feminized plant and not an auto flower. So, uh, but indoors you get to choose when you switch the lights. but. Uh, it's really, some people think it's just about switching the lights uh, from, let's say, 18 or 20 hours on to 12 hours on, 12, uh, 12 hours off. And it's as, as simple as flipping a switch, but it's really not. Because if you really want to be successful, you got to handle the transition properly. Um, and so as far as when to do this indoors, it, you know, uh, you are the decider of that. Whenever the plants get to a certain size... Uh, that you want them to be at, you got to understand that they're going to continue to stretch. 
during the transitionary period. So once you get to know your plants, you'll really have an idea of, of how high you want them to get or how tall, you know, obviously, uh, before you initiate uh, flowering. And I like to tell people basically about uh, a week of veg time per gallon of container. So if you got a five gallon bucket, typical Home Depot hardware store bucket, um, you're going to want to do about a five to six week veg time and then start the flowering period so you don't get a plant that's way too root bound. Uh, if you want a bigger plant uh, and you're using a 10 gallon container, go with 10 weeks of veg time and so on and so forth until you get it up into much larger sized <laughs> containers that you need to start plants in uh, for a very long period of time. But you get to decide basically how big you want these plants to be and you can train them during the vegetative stage however you want them to grow but uh once you make that switch and you trigger the flowering stage uh you're going to be counting down those 60 days or more or sometimes less uh of flowering time the first uh few weeks basically the first week or two are going to still be total transition period. The plant will continue to stretch, uh, depending on if it's a sativa dominant might a sativa dominant strain might stretch for another three weeks or a month or even more uh, in extreme cases. But uh, inevitably, the plant will continue to grow. So you have to factor that in uh, if you have limited space uh, with your lights and in a tent or whatever it might be. So um, you don't want those plants growing right up into your light. Another important thing is that it has to be 12 hours of uninterrupted darkness. So uh, that dark cycle, the 12 hours of darkness cannot be interrupted. There can't be light leaks. You can't go in there with a flashlight. Uh, if you're going to go in with any kind of uh, light, you need to use a green filter on that light because that won't affect the plants. Uh, but ideally you just let them be in the dark for 12 hours. Uh, and you need a good timer for that. You don't wanna be doing that manually or have a cheap you know, $10 timer. Uh, that you're relying on because they break and that can be a really big problem. So uh, you can switch this cycle earlier too. I mean, you, if you have cuttings that have just rooted and you're growing in a sea of green style method, you can have a veg time of a week or two uh, just to get those plants established into their grow medium and then start the flowering process and have it be, you know, two and a half months or so uh, under three months. And that way you get four harvests a year. Uh, that's another thing people do. That's a lot more work, but it's another thing you can do because you control indoors uh, when you decide to start this process. And basically, uh, as far as nutrients go, feeding the plants, you don't necessarily have to switch to a bloom uh, or flowering fertilizer uh, until about the second week or so of flowering. Uh, you can still continue to do a more nitrogen-heavy uh, grow or vegetative feeding because the plant's really not forming flowers. But once you start seeing those little white puff balls uh, start to form, the little cotton ball uh, of the beginning of a flower forming, you really want to switch at that point and have that uh, more phosphorus and to some extent potassium heavy uh, nutrient that you're going to use for the flowering stage. And if you're an organic gardener, that's a great time to add some uh, bat guano uh, because that's a really wonderful flowering nutrient. Just don't overdo it, and uh, the plants will love that. Um, as far as air exchange, you know, plants that are moving from the veg stage to the flowering stage 
do appreciate uh, lowering of relative humidity. So uh, you're going to want to go from basically in the 50 to 60 percent range of relative humidity during the veg stage to like the 40 to 50 percent or so uh, during flower because you don't want to cause rot or mildew or any of the issues that are associated with uh, high humidity during flowering. So uh, keep it under 50 percent and uh, that's a pretty good way uh, to help with that transition as well. Uh, you want to avoid burning any of the tops of your plants that's a catastrophe so as they stretch raise the lights or train the plants to stay lower uh, but definitely avoid lamp burn because uh, that'll really affect your yield and and you'll wind up with basically some zaza um, and you know this is the time not to stress anything out just uh, as long as the plants have enough room uh, and the roots have enough room you haven't you know you're not flowering root bound entirely root bound plants uh and i've seen this too i mean i've seen plants in one gallon containers that were vegged for two months and then flowered and you know they don't nearly wind up with as much flower and it's uh more watering more care taken and so you know bump your plants up to larger containers before you start this flowering stage uh you certainly don't want to do that during the flowering stage because uh it's stressful for a plant to be transplanted into a larger container. It'll eventually recover, but it might take a week. So keep that in mind. And then uh, once the flowering stage begins, just make sure to keep that dark period uninterrupted and 60, 65, you know, 70 days tops or so, you'll see your finished plants uh, ripened and ready for you to harvest. So make sure you get through that transitionary period uh, properly and you will have a bigger yield. All right, there you go. Um, we hope that helps you guys out. Uh, now, it is time to take some questions from our listeners here on Grow Bud Yourself. If you have a question that you would like answered on the show, uh, get a hold of us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, what do you say we jump right in? Let's do it. All right, excellent. Let us start with Processor of Truth, or Pot, who writes, uh, Hey, Danny. How long is male pollen viable if it's stored in a cool, dry place out of the sunlight? Wow. Huh, that is a good question. As long as it's kept cool, dry, and airtight, it should last for at least a couple of months. Um, it's most viable in the first week or so of when you've uh, harvested or collected it. So I, you know, I don't recommend keeping it around for too long. But if you do truly need to store it long-term, uh, make sure to use a desiccant. Uh, to, it's going to absorb any excess moisture. Place that pollen in a light, tight, and sealed container in a cool, dark closet or cupboard. Uh, I would say avoid a freezer or a fridge. Uh, I don't like that area. The humidity is just too high and fluctuating. Um, and also keep in mind that the effectiveness decreases over time. So. Your best bet is to use fresh pollen if you're a breeder, uh, you know, within a, a few weeks or so of harvest. Um, I've heard of breeders, and I know breeders that can keep pollen stored for over a year or more without degradation, uh, but uh, I do think it's best to use it sooner rather than later. And uh, there's probably ways to store it for even longer periods of time, but there's really no reason to. Uh, you can always grow out another male and have fresh pollen, so... Uh, keep that in mind and yeah, just 
remember, cool, dry, and airtight. All right, sounds good. We hope that helps you out there. Processor of truth. Let's move on to Kathy. And Kathy has a, a general question here. She writes, Do you have recommendations for a 4x4 tent for growing cannabis? So, yeah, what would you say there to Kathy? Wow. Uh, it, yeah, I do, of course. I mean, uh, uh, our sponsor, Sweet Leaf, sells a great 4x4 hydroponic home grow tent uh, for $189. Uh, and that's just the tent. This doesn't come with lights or anything else. Uh, but this tent is uh, light tight. It can handle, you know, six or more plants uh, easily, you know, at the four by four level. You can add to that either uh, an LED light of your choice or uh, a high pressure sodium or a ceramic metal halide, whatever you might need. A lot of these times these kits come with uh, a lot of excess plastic and hydroponic equipment and stuff. So this one, it's just the tent. You can basically throw your containers in there and hand water them. Uh, but what's cool is, you know, the zipping and the closing and the light tightness. And, it, you know, you're already able to hang lights from this. Uh, one person can set it up and take it down, which I always love. Uh, it's durable. It's got the intake and outlet ports for your power cords, um, for your uh, fans and things. So it's really user-friendly. It's built for the purpose of growing uh, in the tent and, uh, and that light proofness is very important. So I'd much rather spend, you know, the 189 bucks on something like this than to try to convert a closet, uh, or a bedroom into a grow space. Cause it's a lot more work. And remember you can get discounts on this, uh, by using our code. So GBY, uh, 15 gets you 15% off, I believe. And, uh, if you join our Patreon, you can get 20% or even up to 25% off at sweetleaf.com so uh check them out s-u-i-t-e-l-e-a-f.com uh they've got a number of different sizes five by threes three by threes and uh even up to much larger so yeah and that's my recommendation for people when they're getting started is get a tent uh, a four by four is a perfect size uh and just use containers that have holes in the bottom uh, home depot five gallon buckets are perfect and you don't need all the fancy gadgetry and uh, reservoirs and hydro stuff. Uh, so you can get started real cheap uh, with something like this, a light, some fans, and uh, you know anything else you might need, obviously the pots and the soil. But uh, the, real, the most cost is going to come from the light that you choose, and that's going to come from whether you want to uh, have the heat from uh, HIDs or... Uh, the benefits of a good LED and less heat. So uh, that's my rec recommendation for 4x4 tents, and uh, good luck. All right. So we hope that helps you out, Kathy, and best of luck as you start growing in your 4x4 tent. Let's move on to Timmy. And Timmy writes, Hey, I'm an avid listener of the show. I wanted to get your thoughts on Ganjie, which, uh, you know, of course, is um, this new program that we discussed with Frenchie Cannoli a little while ago. So so what do you think, Dan? What, what are your thoughts on Ganjie? Yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing. And I think uh, it's really the culmination of something we've all been talking about for a long time. And if you don't know, Ganjie is a cannabis sommelier a certification program. And a sommelier is uh, a person who's an expert uh, for instance, of wine, uh, but in this case of cannabis. So it's 
in the tradition of the wine sommelier or the cigar aficionado uh, or a master chocolatier. I know people, I mean, even with truffles and, and other things, even perfume, you know, there's people who are just experts and they smell perfumes and they can add things. And uh, it's, it's a first of its kind, kind of multi-tiered program um, and certification and uh, Frenchie was a major part of the, the hash side of things. We've had other guests uh, from there on as well, including Nicotee and other people that are involved. And I think uh, that Gangier Council is incredible. Um, Kevin Jodry, uh, Patrick, uh, the Soil King and Swami, uh, really Swami and Nikki, really some amazing people. Mel Frank, our old pal. Uh, from the show and Amanda Ryman, so many amazing people involved in that program. And I think it's great. And I think it's a wonderful way uh, to learn about cannabis and uh, hashish and really to become an expert and to be certified as an expert. Uh, and uh, I applaud Derek Gilman, who's the managing director uh, for putting that all together. And again, you know, Frenchie, uh, an integral part of that. And I just think, uh, I think, we need more and more of these type of certifications for people to know for it, for growers, for bud tenders, for people interested in getting, becoming part of the industry. Um, it's important to know your history. It's important to know about the activism, but it's also important to know about the plant and how uh, best to uh, be an ambassador for the plant as Frenchie and, and all of the people on this council are. Uh, so I love it. I think it's great. And uh, if you want to learn more about it, go to gongier.com. Uh, it's Gangier, but uh, it's spelled G-A-N-J-I-E-R.com, and you can learn all about it. Uh, it's an amazing program, and uh, thank you to everyone involved. For sure, yes. So there you go, Timmy. Uh, let's pop over to Facebook, and uh, this is a bit of a tough one because a lot of this is still kind of uh, coming together here in New York, but Robbie writes... Hey guys, I just bought land and a house in New York near Ithaca, moving from Pennsylvania. Wondering if you have any insight into if hemp plants would count against my THC plant limit. I love CBD, but I don't want it to count against my pot plant count. So what do you think, Dan? Uh, what would you say to Robbie? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I mean, I know that, um, you know, the certifications are different, so... Uh, everyone who is a medical patient right now or in the next two months or so can grow, uh, start growing six plants uh, per person or 12 per household. Um, and I think you need a special certification to grow hemp plants. So I would imagine whatever the amount of plants that you're allowed to grow hemp-wise would not count against your THC plant count uh, as long as your THC plant count was 12 or less. Uh, per household or six or less per individual. So uh, as long as you have um, the certification to grow the hemp plants, uh, I don't think you don't need a certification to grow the THC plants as long as it's within the proper numbers. So uh, it's an interesting question though. And uh, one that I think is going to come up more and more often because people are interested in growing both of these types of cannabis plants. So uh, you know, maybe we can have someone on uh, to talk about that sometime in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think the important thing to note, though, is uh, growing the cannabis plants for just recreational use is still quite a ways away here in New York, unfortunately. The uh, the medical patients will be able to grow long before the uh, the recreational users. Yes, indeed. I think it's eight for rec users. It's eighteen months after the first dispensary opens, which may or may not be you know this which could January. Still be eighteen months away. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think we're uh, looking at uh, possibly multiple years, right? Before recreational be. cannabis growing at home. It could be. Yeah. I mean, if, if the first dispensary is open in the winter and you still have to wait another 18 months, that could be more than two years from now. Oh, boy, it stinks because, you know, you get over that hurdle and legalization kicks in. You want it to just all happen at once. But, of course, there are boards to fill and there are regulations to write. And, uh, you know, the timeline is not even established yet, unfortunately. Okay, so uh, that is all the time that we have here for Cultivation. But uh, we are going to continue answering some grow questions over on Patreon in a bonus uh, segment including a question about um, female plants being pollinated. So if you're interested in that, you should check it out on Patreon. Um, But thank you to everybody who wrote in this week. If you have a question that you would like answered, get in touch with us. Our email, once again, is info at growbudyourself.com. Why don't we take a little break, come back, and put a bow on it. Let's do it. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. So check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S U I T E L E A F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweet Leaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. All Patreon supporters also receive free Sweet Leaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweet Leaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, we're back and wrapping it up. I uh, just want to say uh, once again, uh, rest in peace uh, and try combs to Frenchie Cannoli and condolences uh, to his wife and family and friends. Uh, he was an amazing man. I uh, want to thank our sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Check out the THC-infused pain relief rub. Uh, sweet Leaf Nutrients, uh, that's sweet with an S-U-I-T-E. Uh, the code is DANKO15 for 15% off uh, with even more codes for more percentages off for our Patreon people. And Rocket Seeds, uh, rocketseeds.com. Use the code GBY10 for 10% off all of their seeds. And uh, yeah, as mentioned, our Patreon supporters want to thank you guys. Uh, we're up to 75, I think, at this point, which is awesome. When we get to 100, we're giving away uh, a Banana Bros uh cone roller machine which is going to be cool and yeah thank you guys for supporting the show we really appreciate it uh vapor.com uh we are an affiliate there so use the code growbudyourself20 for 20 percent off everything site-wide at vapor.com which includes 
uh, volcano vaporizers and, and Puffco Peaks and all kinds of amazing stuff. So please check them out uh, and support our sponsors. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you to my co-host and producer, Mike G. Uh, and thanks to you guys for listening, um, all our YouTube people, everyone on social media. We love you guys. We'll be back next week with episode number 64. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, the ninth inning is over. We're not going into extra innings, so uh, put this one in the books.